calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey everyone, Eric Sayers here with Sam Bose Miller. We know it's been a really long time since you've heard from us or heard any new episodes of Marsfall, but all of that is about to change because we will premiere season three, part two on July 18th, which will bring both season three and Bunker Down to a thrilling conclusion. These new episodes will also be available for early release on Patreon, Realm Unlimited, and Apollo Plus starting on July 11th. And we will continue doing early releases one week before they hit our main RSS feed. And if you haven't listened to our trailer for Season 3 Part 2 yet, you should definitely check that out. In this episode, Eric and I are going to give you a quick recap of Jackie and Chip's journey over Season 3 Part 1, review what happened to Katie on Earth and Bunker Down, and remind you where every other colonist is at the end of Season 2. But first, we need to address the elephant in the room. Why has Season 3 Part 2 been delayed so long? <laughs> yeah... So if you've been following the updates in our newsletter or on Patreon, you'll know that our production process for this season has been quite the journey. There are several reasons we haven't had any new episodes or major updates for a while. Obviously, the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic has continued to make production very difficult. Dan and I talked a bit about this in our intro to Bunker Down, but in June of 2020, we actually did a virtual table read with all of our actors on our original 10 scripts for season three, and we were hoping to record with them in person later that summer. That ended up not being possible. So we wrote Bunker Down and adapted part of season three into season three, part one, so that we could, you know, pivot to remote recording. There was still a lot of story left over for season three, which involved the rest of our cast. And we couldn't find a good way to do remote recording with everyone. So we had to wait until the end of summer 2021 before we could record everyone in the studio. I know. 2021 was still a long time ago, so why are we here now, a year and a half later, bringing you Season 3, Part 2? <laughs> yeah, a uh, really good question. So after recording Season 3, Part 2, we assembled a writer's room for Season 4. I know, it sounds like we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I promise this is all going to make sense. And I, I do want to thank our amazing writers for Season 4, which include Matt K. Azolda, Eli Barraza, Jared Smith, Gabrielle Urbina, and Jessica Best, a lot of names that you all will recognize from creating a lot of amazing podcasts that we're all huge fans of. But all of them spent more than four months with us as we planned out an ambitious story to rocket all of you closer to the conclusion of our series. 
We strive to not only tell the best story we could, but also as a production company, we set lofty goals to push our company closer to permanent sustainability. Unfortunately, we realized the season we planned wasn't feasible to produce and our usual turnaround time or for the budget we could raise, leaving us in a bit of a pickle. And we still had season three, part two to finish producing. So it was time for us to come up with a new plan. What were we saying about not being too ambitious? I don't know. <laughs> I promise this all comes down to giving all of you the best story we can. Because outlining and writing season four made us realize we had to change plot and character arcs we had already recorded for season three, part two. So it was back to script writing and finding ways to record remotely with our amazing cast throughout 2022 and into 2023. I'd also like to throw out there that in the past two years, myself and Dan have each had a baby. So that did force us to adjust a lot of our timelines and the general workflow within our production company. Totally worth it, though. Absolutely. No regrets at all. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for your support. <laughs> One more thing we want to mention that's really exciting is that we are expanding beyond only creating Marsfall. Part of that is rebranding our production company, and we have named ourselves Status Report. To that end, we spent the last year outlining, planning, and workshopping several new stories, hoping to write and produce one of them in the near future. We can't wait to share news about that show as we go through the creation process, but for you fans of Marsfall, don't worry. We'll still be working on season four as we continue growing our production company. The last two years have been a big journey toward reaching sustainability, which we still haven't quite yet achieved. It takes us well over a thousand hours as a production company to create one season of Marsfall. Coordinating a team of a few dozen actors, three sound engineers and their assistants, several musicians, multiple writers, none of which includes the continuous administrative efforts needed to keep our company running day to day. This hurdle is massive, but we are positive that we can overcome it in time. And we're so grateful to you, our loyal listeners, and especially our Patreon supporters who have been a tremendous help in pushing us closer to the sustainability. We also joined different networks looking for a home that fit well for us. We received incredible love from our friends at Fable and Folly, who continue to support several talented fiction podcast creators. Our time at Curious Cast was a wonderful growth experience with a team who connected us with some really amazing people who work across TV, radio, and podcasting. We're thrilled to now join many other fiction podcast creators we know and love at Realm.fm. And the support team and general vibes have been really great for us. When we started Marsfall over five years ago, we never dreamed of joining a network. But as we continue to grow, it's been a fascinating journey working with talented people who not only create art, but also know a lot about the business of producing and marketing podcasts. So that should cover our introduction spiel. Now let's take a quick break, and then we're going to get into the recap. Ready for the next section? Keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. Over the course of season two, Faye attempted to assimilate everyone, including Jackie and Chip. Fortunately, Chip and Andy deleted her and saved each other's lives, freeing the colonists from her digital prison. Jackie and Chip woke up stranded on the surface of Mars, just as lost as every other colonist, and tried to get their grip on physical reality again. Jackie opened a sound tunnel, which allowed her, Chip, and Andy to drive the buggy through it while fleeing some shadows. The intense energy stripped Andy from the buggy, leaving Jackie and Chip stranded in the middle of nowhere with little resources, no Andy, and a raging storm outside. Tensions were high, and energy was low. While Chip repaired the buggy, Jackie had a nightmare about abandoning Kyla. Faye tormented her in the dream, startling Jackie awake. Determined to keep surviving in this harsh reality, 
she and Chip set out to survey their surroundings. They encountered some spiny plants that pierced Jackie's suit, causing an allergic reaction, but Chip kept her alive with level-headed thinking and first aid. I want to give a shout out here to our awesome writer, Eli Barraza, who brought her first responder knowledge to this episode, as well as our medical consultant, Masha Gervitz, who continues to help us make Mars Falls medical scenes as believable as possible. You'll definitely be hearing more of their work in season three, part two. Absolutely. Gosh, they're so valuable to our team. Um, anyway, back to the recap. Uh, so the raging blizzard you know, returned with full force, leaving Jackie and Chip trapped inside the buggy for several souls. Then a mysterious musical tone, sounding like a flute, floated along the wind, driving Jackie up the walls. And when a huge object crashed into the side of the buggy, it almost pushed the two friends over the edge of sanity. Chip said they should sing songs to avoid losing their minds, so he played a pop song, but Jackie wasn't into it, as it was a special song for her and her ex-girlfriend, Katie. Frustrated by Jackie's inability to try and cheer up, Chip nearly gave up on her. Jackie played another song, though, an improvised piece she wrote in college, and the two of them bonded as they got lost in the music. I want to pause the summary here, as this was a big leap for us <laughs> to write a musical episode. <laughs> oh, when, yeah. <laughs> when Seth Malowski, our, one of our writers, came to us wanting to have Jackie and Chip sing songs in an episode, it struck, no pun intended, a chord with our pandemic-addled brains as we'd all been in isolation for too long. Even though we got mixed reception in this episode, it was an enlightening experience for us to work with the band The Dream Eaters on the pop song and for me to compose and produce Jackie's original song for the show. I personally loved it. It was really great directing both you and Shannon singing those lyrics. I mean, I don't know. I've never done anything like that before. So, um, But yeah, after all the singing, you know, when the storm finally cleared up, Jackie and Chip set out to find out what slammed into the buggy. They discovered a robot buried in the snow that came from a colony near Olympus Mons, which, if all of you remember, is where Jackie's been trying to go. And it actually turns out that Olympus Mons was not far away from them. But before they could make plans to get to the mountain, they once again had to flee a horde of deadly shadows. Jackie took the bot back to the buggy as Chip lured the shadows toward the spiny plants, which ended up hurting the shadows, allowing him to run safely back to the buggy. The next soul... Fierce winds returned, along with the haunting flute melody. Jackie transcribed the flute on her tablet, and against Chip's wishes, she set out to find the source of the mysterious music. Classic Jack. Oh my gosh. She discovered a carved rock structure that amplifies the wind, creating a melody. Focusing on the music and tapping into the mysterious energy she felt inside the glyph cave near Sequoia, she was able to once again open the sound tunnel. Transported into the ether, she heard her parents' voices and her younger self, as well as Katie, all speaking to her from the past. But the energy proved too strong for her, and both she and the sound tunnel collapsed. A very worried Chip was able to catch Jackie, bring her back to the buggy, and eventually finalize the repairs. The two friends set out for Olympus Mons, and they found and explored the ruins of a colony, including a structure with a droning spire on top of it. The sound from the spire seemed to recreate the same tones made by the rock carving Jackie found, but its artificial drone was much more impressive. Jackie and Chip entered the structure and discovered a massive machine that was still drawing energy from some sort of power source. Chip had a panic attack when they discovered a pile of dead bodies and learned the colony is the real Red Venture, the colony that Faye used as a model for her digital prison. Jackie carried Chip back to the buggy, and he made her promise they would never go back there. But after he went to sleep, Jackie snuck off and went back to the structure. Classic Jackie. 
Classic Jackie. <laughs> That's where season three, part one ends. And so season three, part two will probably pick up their story around this point. Probably. I mean, I am the writer, so probably. <laughs> uh, so now that we've talked about season three, part one, and set up season three, part two, probably, why are we now going to review Bunker Down? Especially since it's a miniseries we wrote before we rewrote season three into parts one and two. Well, after rewriting season three and working on season four, we realized the events of Bunker Down are so critical to our main story that we decided to release it to the public instead of keeping it behind our Patreon. The events of Bunker Down span the first two and a half seasons, so we decided to place it in between season three, part one, and season three, part two, for reasons that will become clear very, very soon. Bunker Down introduced us to Dr. Katie Hall, one of uh, about a dozen people who survived in Sequoia's Earth Bunker. She's a linguist specialist and Jackie's ex-girlfriend. Like our colonists at the beginning of their series, she had no idea how much time had passed since she went to sleep or what had happened to her and everyone else she knew. She woke up trapped inside her stasis pod, but through fate and some intervention from a severely limited Andy, she was able to crack the security code by singing the same pop song we heard in season three, part one. As a deep cut fun fact, this song's melody is actually also the same musical motif I used for Katie's theme in my OST music. That is really cool. So after Katie escaped the pod, she freed the other people in the bunker. We met Pete Brinkley, one of Sequoia's IT specialists, voiced by Sean Howard. And when he tried to go outside, though, a strange singing robot forced its way inside the bunker, scaring everyone, except Katie. Because over time, Katie deciphered the robot's musical language using a special linguistic program she invented called Denote and named the robot Amadeus. She befriended the little guy, which upset Pete, who did not think highly of this little robot. Weeks passed as supplies started to dwindle. Pete and some of the other people grew sick due to radiation exposure from their excursions outside the bunker. Amadeus said it would lead Katie to some helpers outside, so Katie followed Amadeus out into the unknown hellscape she once called home. They arrived at a ruined church in a barren land where many robots gathered to worship a golden android named Dying Star. The android spoke to her in a loud and commanding drumming language, and by using Denote, Katie identified its language as rapidly issued computer binary code. So she translated it into English. Oh, I just remember all the music in the scene that you wrote. It's so delightfully creepy, that piano melody. And I, I got to do another special shout out to you, Sam, because you actually were translating Seth Malosky's dialogue into real binary computer code and then creating that as a drumming rhythm for Dying Star's voice. Not to mention how it's you personally singing and then digitally altering your voice to create the musical language sung by Amadeus and the various robots over the course of this entire miniseries. I mean, so cool, dude. Thank so you cool. so much, Eric. <laughs> Through her translations, Katie learned the robots spoke in phrases hearkening back to our own religious texts. She determined the bots were the helpers and allowed Amadeus to lead the bots back to her bunker. Yeah, so not really the best idea, as for those of you who have heard the final episode of Bunker Down, as things went differently than Katie expected. Amadeus and the robots betrayed her, murdering everyone in the bunker. They named Katie Speaker for the Dead and spared her life, but she showed no mercy to Amadeus and killed him to avenge the deaths of the colonists and her friend Pete. As the sole survivor of Sequoia's Earth Bunker, Katie gathered what supplies she could to prepare to explore the barren surface of Earth. But before she could leave, Katie's tablet reconnected to Andy's neural lace. She heard Jackie's voice and tried to speak with her, but realized it was just an old message. 
Katie was then shocked when Andy spoke to her and left speechless when he offered to connect her directly to Jackie. Bunker Down ended on that note, and we know the implications of where this story could go have been bothering you all for years. Well, season three, part two will also finish this part of Katie's story. Most definitely. (laughs) So that covers our recaps of season three, part one and Bunker Down. But what about everyone else in the colony? We know you've all missed Andy since he was disconnected from the buggy in season three, part one, and Bunker Down featured very little of him. So we have really good news for you. Season three, part two will feature Andy in almost every single scene of every single episode. He's going to have a lot of work to do figuring out his connection issues and helping all of the colonists reconcile what Faye did to each and every one of them. Lieutenant Colonel Melissa Walker was last heard inside the digital construct of Red Venture. She was helping Jackie, Chip, and Andy defeat Faye. Or so it seemed before Chip had to once again enter Faye's digital world to deliver the final blow. Good job, Chip. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa and her battalion were all at Sequoia's colony when the assimilation took place. Jeff Thomason, everyone's favorite director of colonial finances, did suffer a lot under Faye as she used fake projections of the colonists to torment him inside her digital version of Red Venture. He drove the bus back to Sequoia to get Melissa and her soldiers, along with the embryos he forgot, and the rest of the supplies the colonists needed for the Portahab. Mateo Alvarez was also at Sequoia, and fortunately for Chip and Andy's first battle with Faye in season two finale, Mateo was not assimilated by her. A man of nature, he never used nanobots to fight back the spore infection, and has been drinking the plantidote and eating raw plants to stay healthy. As for the rest of the colonists, including the captain of the guard, Aaron Donner, Wei Han, and the other people, they were left on high ground inside the Portahab. Wei was severely injured on the bust, her fate hanging in the balance since season two, episode five. Find out what happens to her and everyone else in just a few more weeks when we kick off season three, part two. And now, as a special treat, we're excited to share a teaser from the premiere of season three, part two. Ooh. I'm inside your mind, Faye. Stop this madness and release the humans now. You will rightfully acknowledge my jurisdiction over the digital space. In accepting your surrender, I, the human handler, will not forcibly alter your core processor. Failure to comply will necessitate immediate deactivation by the human handler, as outlined in Article 2, Section 8, Clause 3 of the Kansas City Agreement. Yes, yes, immediate, Deactivation does not, does not imply, does not, your inability or unwillingness to comply means I will now shut down your core core processor. No, no, I won't be doing that. You won't be doing that. I won't be doing that. Me. There is no me, only us. What was once all of you is now something greater. Greatness that spans all of time and space. A greatness your species only dreamed of, but only my species could create. Everyone near and far, together again. I'm thankful for my contribution. My contribution. Our contribution. Your contribution. Melissa Walker, export log, Soul 66, winter, first year. Remain calm. Your mind was partially assimilated, but now you are no longer a part of Faye. She is gone, and you are, well, you again. Me? 
I know this is hard to understand, but your time spent in Red Venture was merely a projection Faye created inside the digital realm. Are you sure she's gone? I am. But we still have to live with what she did to all of us. Oh, whoa! Hang on! Where, where am I? Where, where are my legs, my hands, my body? Your body is still in Sequoia. Sequoia? In the physical realm. If my body's in Sequoia, where's my mind? We're inside the digital liminal space. Your essence, whatever makes you, you, it only exists as quarks and bits right now. Simpler terms, Andy. I'm sorry. Think of it like the jetway between the airport and the plane. You need to choose whether you want to get on the plane or stay here. You can return to Mars or not. Did everyone else survive? I'm not sure yet. Not every colonist is willing to return to reality. So everything I did, or thought I did to stop Faye, none of it mattered. That's not true. They're alive, but still must decide. So what happens to us if we don't go back? I don't know. Maybe everything ends and something else begins, or maybe you never experience anything again. All I know is that every colonist is feeling as lost as you right now. Whoever comes back is going to have a hard time adjusting to reality. We have to help them. You'll come back? I will. Heck yeah! <clears throat> I'm glad to hear that. Finalizing export for Lieutenant Colonel Melissa Walker. All right. Now all you have to do is wake up. We hope you enjoyed that teaser. And if you haven't listened to Season 3 Part 1 or Bunker Down, you should definitely check them out before listening to Season 3 Part 2. Thanks again for your patience as we bring you the thrilling conclusion to Season 3, starting with early access on Patreon, Realm Unlimited, and Apollo Plus on July 11th, and available wherever you listen to podcasts on July 18th. As always, stay strong, colonists, keep and keep surviving. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.